Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, had in my heart to share a little uh, this morning. Uh, just, just had it stirring around in me now for several weeks about uh, faithfulness and the faithfulness of God because it's, it's a pillar. A faithful, the faithfulness of God is a pillar. Uh, it's, it's like a foundation stone uh, for our life, um, for our faith life. If we're going to be people that are strong and being able to trust God and receive from God, uh, we're going to have to uh, learn to get established in the faithfulness of God. Now, we're going to look at a mom here as kind of our jumping off individual and, and uh, example this morning, uh, a mom in the Word of God. She's in the Faith Hall of Fame. Her name is Sarah. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, says something wonderful about Sarah and why she was able to receive from God. Through faith also Sarah herself received. Notice Sarah received something from God. She received strength to conceive seed. She was delivered of a child when she was past age. In other words, in the natural, she wasn't supposed to be able to receive this miracle. She wasn't supposed to be able to have a child. But through faith, she received the strength, that supernatural strength and ability for her body, the rejuvenation of her body to be able to conceive seed, to have a child. And notice he goes on in, in this verse and says, wow, this, this happened. What positioned her to receive is because she judged him faithful. She judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. So this is very important. It's, very, it's a critical, vital area of being able to be strong in your faith walk and in your faith life. To be able to judge God faithful. <laughs> to see the faithfulness of God. Amen. Um, so, you know, you, it, it, you realize it's okay to judge God as long as you're judging him rightly. You know, everybody on the planet is judging him in some way or another. You know, there are a lot of people that judge God as unfaithful. They judge him as unreliable. They judge him as one who's not going to come through. They judge him as one who doesn't care. They judge him as one who has no... There are, lot, there are some people that say, well, I believe in a God, but I believe he just set this thing in motion and that has nothing to do with it. <clears throat> he doesn't really care about the people on the planet. There are people that judge God as mean and cruel. But thank God we can judge him with a righteous judgment. With, we can judge him rightfully <clears throat> and see him the way he really is. Amen. You know, the Bible does teach about judging, judging properly, judging rightly. You know, I know there's a warning in the Bible about judging people, you know, judging people's motives and hearts. We're not to be judging the hearts of men, but how many of you, we can still judge actions. Uh, we do that all the time. When somebody, you know, if somebody's going to hang around your child and, they, and they've declared that they, ha they have a certain perverse lifestyle, you make a judgment as a parent, don't you? <laughs> there are a lot of parents right now making judgments about what's going on in, in the educational systems around the country because they don't want certain things taught to their seven-year-old. And they have a right to make those judgments. And they ought to be standing up and saying, this ain't happening in my school. <laughs> I'd be the first one down at the door. If that was happening when my kids were growing up, I'd be the first one down there and say, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Try to turn my child into a pervert. With this transgender and all this kind of stuff. Now, I'm not, I, I love people, but, I'm not, but when it comes to 
this kind of stuff and agendas and policies and all, you better, you, you got to stand up for what's right. Well, praise the Lord. So the Bible says we're to judge righteous judgment. We have a right to judge some things and we should, you better. Amen. Again, we don't judge hearts of men. <clears throat> Because we don't, you, why, do we not ju- why do we not judge the hearts of men? We don't have all the evidence. It's not our job. God's the only one big enough and smart enough to judge people in their hearts. See, sometimes we judge somebody, we can judge somebody, but we don't, they may have already repented and they're, and they're perfectly right with God and we're out there talking bad about them. That's why we don't have the capacity to judge men's hearts. Amen. See, if you're going to judge, judging means you examine the evidence. Amen. If you're going to make a judgment, you examine the evidence. You got a judge in the courtroom. What does he do? He examines the evidence. And before they make a verdict. Amen. But you know, you and I make judgments again. Every human being does daily. You judge how much food you're going to eat. You judge whether you're going to run that Yellow light or not? <laughs> or that red light? Uh-oh, look out. We make judgments. Amen. On, on everything, all day long. When it comes to judging God, listen, the devil, he loves to make accusations against God. He wants you judging God wrongfully. Unrighteously. So the devil will bring accusations to your mind about God. He'll say things like, God's not going to be able to put that over for you. God doesn't really love you like they say he does. God doesn't really care about every little thing in your life. And so the devil's throwing accusations against God all the time. Hath God really said? He started out in the, in the Bible with accusations. Well, that's been his modus operandi forever. To get us to accuse God and judge God as something else than faithful. He wants us judging God unreliable. Amen. He works on Christians all the time. You got... I mean, God bless them. I love Christians, but there you got churches today. They'll stand up and say, God's putting that sickness on you to teach you something. Well, see, they've judged God unfaithful when it comes to healing. They've already made a judgment because they haven't examined all the evidence. And the only full evidence comes from the word of God. See, we have to be careful about judging God with false evidence, with just human evidence like experience. How many know experience is not a solid form of evidence (laughs) in every situation, most situations, especially if it's Aunt Sally's experience? Well, God didn't heal Aunt Sally. So he's probably not going to heal me. And you know, Reverend Blabmouth taught me when I was growing up that God put sickness and disease on you to teach you something. Because he, he went through this disease and he said he learned how to be more humble. So he bragged about his humility. Some of y'all will get that about three o'clock this afternoon. <clears throat> well, that's false evidence. It's, 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 it's partial and it's twisted. It's based on experience. It's based on feelings. Well, I, I've heard people say, I just feel God doesn't, I, I just don't feel God really uh, cares about natural things. Well, where'd you get your feelings from? Your feelings are goofy. Your feelings will lead you into la la land. People's feelings have led them into all kinds of sin, all kinds of bondage. <laughs> you got, again, you got, 
You got men today say, I feel like I'm a woman. Big deal. Look inside your britches. How God made you. That's who you are. Stop with this. I feel this. Aha. I just have a, oh, no. Uh -uh. That's false evidence. It's deceitful evidence. Amen. <laughs> Remember, Jacob put on ha hairy, you know, fur and, and, and went to, get, to get Esau's blessing, didn't he? Because Isaac said, ooh, I feel you. And that's, that's, that's Esau there. How many of that was deceptive? <laughs> Feelings are liars. So when it comes to judging God, we have to go with the most reliable form of evidence, and it's the truth of God's word. Amen. That's it. That's the only way you're going to be able to judge God properly. Judge God rightly. <clears throat> and you got to understand something about when it comes to dealing with people, um, other people. You have to understand that you're not always going to understand everything as to why they went through what they went through. Why something may have happened to them. You might as well just settle that now. You're not going to be able to figure it all out. You're not designed to. God's not going to reveal everything to you. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Now, if he reveals it, it belongs to you. But, if it does, you know, but when it comes to other people, God's not going to show you things in most cases. Unless it's something that will pertain to you that you need to know. Why did Aunt Sally die so young? Well, just, just not, some things you just aren't going to be able to know. God's not going to show it to you. Your brother Hagen had an experience where he went, the Lord allowed him to go up into heaven. You know, I, I refer to brother Hagen, you know, and some people don't always know who I'm talking about. He's the man that God called me, hooked me up to as a spiritual mentor and father in the Lord. And I worked for his ministry, went to school out there at his school. I sat under his ministry for years and, you know, worked for him for 10 years and, you know, knew him. And uh, to me, he's the greatest man of God since the apostle Paul that has been on the earth. God gave him, allowed him to have eight different visions of Jesus God used him to bring in great revelation to the body of Christ that, that all denominations, everybody is enjoying the benefit of today. I can trace some of it and, and, and some, some of these denominations don't even know where it came from. What they're teaching, certain things. Well, it came because God raised that man up to bring that revelation back into the body of Christ that had been lost. But Brother Hagin had an experience where the Lord allowed him to go into heaven and he he saw Jesus talking to his sister, to Brother Hagin's sister, who had died young. I mean, I say died young, died like she was 50. That's young. Once you pass 50, you know how young that is. Well, his sister, when Brother Hagin was appeared there and came into that, came up on Jesus and his talking to his sister, they both turned and looked at him and his sister said something to him. She said, Ken, there was a reason why you couldn't pray the prayer of faith for me. But it's all right. And then he, he said the vision, that, the, then the Lord spoke to him. That, that all of a sudden he was back on earth. He said, but, but Jesus spoke to him and said, Deuteron he mentioned Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord. He said, Yes, there was a reason, but you're not supposed to touch that in your thought life anymore. Don't touch that in your thought life. See, a lot of people get into this realm of why, why, why God, why, 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 why this happened to mama? Why this happened to my friend? Why, why, why? That'll lead you, why's lead you to dark places. Because you're not ever going to know why in most of those cases. It's not for you to know why. God doesn't want you messing with all that. 
He wants you going back to his word and living his word out for your life and recognizing God is always faithful to do what he said he would do for you. Get back to the faithfulness of God. We've all had family. We've all had friends, people that we love, that, that, that experience things that maybe were not God's best. Welcome to the planet Earth. We all have that. Where we're not going to understand everything. We're supposed to not let those things guide our future. And get into that realm of why, where, where there's, that will only lead you down some dark roads. That's why we have to come back. That's why this is a pillar. You've got to be reminded and remind yourself, God is faithful. Men may miss it, but God is faithful. Men may fall short. Men, you know, many times are unfaithful. Listen, I remember ministering to a guy. This was back when I lived in Tulsa. I had a Bible class of a number, you know, number of married people. And, and, uh, and there was one of the guys in the class. He was in the hospital, and, and he did not get a good report. And he was up there, and he was, uh, but he, I went to visit him, and he, would, and he was up there saying, yeah, yeah, brother, I believe, you know, Jesus is my healer. I believe. And he was real bold and boisterous up there. But he, within a couple of days, he was dead. Now, I'm not condemning him. Listen, we don't condemn anybody that's, you know, that's, hey, you know, I, you're in heaven. You beat us to it. But how I many God still wants you? He left also a family and young children. So that wasn't God's best for him. Thank God he's in heaven. But, but I find out later, because I, I had some questions. I said, man, he, he seemed to be pretty strong there. But listen, you don't always know what's in somebody's heart. And that's not to condemn them because we all miss it. But I found out later, his wife, I was talking to his wife after the, after the funeral, and, and she started sharing with me. She said, you know, that day you came up to him and visited with him. He said, as soon as you left, he was talking fear again right after him. So that he, he did a little show for me. As his, as his Bible class teacher, he did a little show and just kind of, yeah, 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 I'm in faith. Yeah, God's good. God's a heal. Listen, you can, you can train a parent to say, a parrot, a bird. You can train a parrot to say, by his stripes, I'm healed. <laughs> okay? People can say things, but that doesn't mean it's coming from their heart. Jesus said what you believe in your heart and to speak out of your mouth. That causes a mountain to move. Okay? Now listen, I'm not condemning him. I'm not condemning him. We, we've all missed it here. And I'm certainly not condemning anybody that's had to fight a fight against a disease and they've gone home to be with the Lord. If you hadn't been in their shoes, you just need to hush up and just magnify the faithfulness of God. And don't, don't say what you would have done. Amen. But the truth remains. We don't always know what's in somebody else's heart, so we can't. We don't have full evidence to make a judgment about the faithfulness of God based on somebody else's experience. That's what I'm talking about here. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, at the judgment seat of Christ, <laughs> no one's going to be able to come up to God and say, you know, you didn't come through for me on that situation. <laughs> In fact, I, th I really think the first couple of hundred years of eternity, uh, about most of all we're going to be saying is, oh, I see now. I, I see that now. <laughs> Before we can move on to much else, you know. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I got it now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we've got to judge God properly. Judge him 
Sarah received. She received the miracle strength, the power of God in her body to be able to have a supernatural child because she judged God faithful. Amen. So that means, listen, people don't receive. People don't receive because they judge God wrongly, unfaithful. They judge God unreliable. They judge God untrustworthy. Amen. And we may not, we may not think we're doing that, but we've all missed it there. And our faith may not have grown and developed maybe fully yet, but we need to just be honest with ourselves, humble ourselves and recognize, listen, God's word is still true. Maybe I'm not there where I need to be yet. So what do I need to do? I need to keep feeding my faith. I need to keep, you know, hearing the word of God on how faithful God's word is to me and keep hearing about the truth of God's word, that he's my deliverer, my healer, all these wonderful truths of who we are in Christ. We need to keep feeding our hearts on that so we can build our faith. But know this, God hasn't changed. And if we're not receiving, it's never his fault. Oh, thank God for the faithfulness of God. It's to be a pillar for our faith life. And, and again, people get, here's where some Christians get off on and put Hebrews 11, 11 back up there again for just a moment. Um, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because, notice, she, not God, she had to do something. See, so, so often people put it off on God. Well, God didn't do this for them. God didn't, it wasn't God's will for them. Well, God, God didn't, he didn't heal them because God's sovereign, you know, and God is in control and God works in mysterious ways and you never know what he's going to do. Sometimes he'll do this for somebody, but sometimes he won't. No, God's not mentioned in that part. It's because, because, not because God smiled on her. It's because she did something. So that means if you and I will do something, what? Judge God rightly. Judge God faithful. Hallelujah. That's why this is so important. This is why some people need to be strengthened in this area of the faithfulness, the integrity of God. Because it will undergird and strengthen your faith wall. Because it's not enough that God said it. You've got to believe in the character of the one who said it. For you to receive. She received because, not just because God said it, but because she said, he's going to do what he said. That's why this faithfulness is so important. He's going to do what he said. She heard him say it. She heard him talking to Abraham. If you go back in Genesis and read Genesis 18, you know, she heard. In fact, when she first heard it, she went ha, ha, ha in her heart. And it wasn't a laugh of faith. It was a laugh of no way. <laughs> no way is this old woman going to be able to have some, you know, uh, you know, have some relations with her husband again and, and have a baby come out of that. She laughed about it. A laugh of unbelief, a laugh of doubt. Aren't you glad though, this, it's, it's a, that's a wonderful example for us. Aren't you glad God can take your laugh of unbelief and then turn it into a laugh of faith, a laugh of joy because God came through for you and you trusted him? You can go from, I'll say it this way, you can go from judging God funny to judging God faithful. If you'll apply yourself to the word of God, if you'll allow that faithfulness of God to get strong in your spirit through meditating on the word of God. And see, finally, she, she judged him. She examined 
the evidence. She said, you know, God's always come through with everything he said. So over a period of time, God's performed what he's promised. And the Bible talks about Abraham, you know, he considered not his own body, but he considered the promise of God. You can read about that in Romans 4. He just kept considering the promises of God, so he judged God faithful too. But Sarah here, she, was, she had to get involved in this process. That's why she's in the Faith Hall of Fame <laughs> in Hebrews 11. Praise God. But it wasn't because God was sovereignly choosing her. It's because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, God's character is on the line here. Character has more to do with faith. It has to do with faithfulness here. We need to see God's character correctly. God's a God of integrity. Bible says he, Proverbs says he swear that a righteous man swears to his own hurt and changes not. Well, who's the most righteous of all? Now he's not a man that he should lie. Men will mess up. Men will fall. Even, even good men, godly men, they forget things. Ask my wife. I forget things. Now I don't lie to her and I do what I, you know, I never do what I say I'm going to do, you know, but sometimes She'll go, did you remember? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, why? Because I'm a man. I can mess up. God is not a man. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. God can't lie. It's part of his DNA to always be faithful and true. He doesn't have to repent. He doesn't have to go, oh, I'm sorry. He's never gone, uh-oh, I missed it, sorry. Hath he said it, shall he not do it? That's faithfulness. That's faithfulness talking right there. Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? He always makes good what he says. That's why we can get so excited about going to God's word and finding a promise and then shouting about it. And we need to have that kind of attitude about the word. God said it. I can get excited about it. I can get thrilled with it. He said he'd supply all my need. According to his riches and glory. That means he will make a way for me. He will provide for me that job. He will make sure I have more than enough at the end of the month to pay my bills. If I just trust him. He still needs us to trust him because that's what pleases him. Faith acknowledges that God is faithful. Hallelujah. But this is a character matter. And yet people, something bad happens to them. What do they do? They blame God. Because the devil's up, he's, he's accusing in their head. You know, God lets you down there. <laughs> I've seen people get offended and hurt in churches by preachers, by other Christians, and, and, they, and they, they, run, they leave the church and they're mad at God. They leave the church, they're mad at God. Because the devil told them, God let you down at that church. No, the stupid man did. God's never let anybody down. He's never failed you. He's never forsaken you. He still has a purpose and a plan for you. If you missed it, he'll restore you. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive. So that you don't have to live and walk around in condemnation all the time. He's faithful to forgive you. But yet people get mad at God. They disparage his character. They no longer see him as faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, if I saw, if I walked out, walked out the door, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and I saw Cedric walking off with, uh, had a knife in his hand and my tires are all, all been slit. <laughs> I know that one. I know that I wanted to use you to get you to laugh there, but well, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn around to Michael and say, why'd you do that? 
Yet people do that to God all the time. Somebody else does something called the devil or the devil uses people to bring, to mistreat you, to hurt you. Seen it happen. I've seen it happen over and over. And then they run off and they'll start blaming God. God did that. God, God let me down. He just didn't. That's what they're thinking. They may not say it, but they express that in their life. Listen, if you stop going to church because you're mad at the preacher and stop going, or you don't go back to church somewhere, that's on you, not God. Hallelujah. Because God never lets anybody down. His character can never be disparaged. His character is unshakable. His word, his integrity is forever settled in heaven. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you can stand on his integrity when you're confessing. What is Hebrews 10, 23? I love this. It adds that little point at the end there. Let us hold fast our profession, our confession without, of faith, without wavering. When we say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Yet we don't see any change in our body in the next five minutes. What are we supposed to do? We're to keep holding fast. You hold fast to the word of God. You don't quit speaking God's word. You don't quit declaring that my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. Just because you're, you're not experiencing the victory yet. You keep declaring what God, why? He tells you why. Because he's faithful. You can't not confess God's word, believing it in your heart and speaking it out of your mouth without the promise coming to pass. It can't happen. Never, there will not be anybody in heaven saying, you let me down on this day, remember? Back in 19, whatever, or 20, whatever. No one will be able to accuse God ever of being unfaithful to what he said. That ought to give you rest. It ought to give us joy. And if you're wavering in some of these areas, if you're in unrest and your peace has been shaken, this is a good thing to do. Get back. Get back to meditating on the faithfulness of God. Some of these scriptures that we've been giving you. Just the truths of his promises. Because God's word is always. Listen, the whole word of God is for us. You know, this example of Abraham, Sarah, you, know, you got David, you got Daniel, all these, all these people in the Bible. These are not just story times with God. These are, these are written for your benefit so that you have all the evidence you need to make a judgment that God is faithful. There's never been one person or, you know, just there's never been anybody in the Bible that could say, you know, we lost the war because God let us down. Anybody that ever trusted God or we didn't get our answer, we didn't get our victory. Anybody that's ever trusted God, God's always come through. He's faithful. He's faithful. God's word is God speaking to you today. He's faithful. Glory to God. <laughs> I may not understand everything, but, I, and I've learned this, I may not understand it, but I'm never going to say, God, you let me down. Because I don't know all the details. I don't have all the evidence in the natural. And natural evidence is deceptive. It's deceptive. But I need to determine, you, you and I need to determine in our life, God always has been, always is, and always will be faithful to me. In fact, you and I need to get really good at staying on God's side. In every situation, in every circumstance, no matter what comes along, stay on God's side. The devil will try to entice you to jump off of God's side. Stay on God's side. He's always faithful. He's always faithful. I don't care if you get mistreated by a preacher, by another Christian. Uh, don't get mad at God. Stay on his side. I don't care if the circumstance looks like 
nothing's going your way. And the, the promise, it may look like on the outside, this promise is not coming to pass. God's not meeting his side of the bargain. No, it may look that way, but it's deceptive. You've got to stay on God's side. You stay with, you keep judging him faithful. Allow the word of God to be your final authority. Go back to the promise of God for you. Go back to what God did for David. Go back to what God did for you know, Daniel. Go back to what he delivered them. He, he brought them out. David defeated Goliath. Sarah overcame being her old age. God, every, you, there's throughout, go through the whole faith hall of fame. In Hebrews 11, say, God did it for them. He'll do it for me. That's the evidence that God is faithful. And even if you've been unfaithful, even if you got into doubt and unbelief at some point, God still hadn't given up on you. He's still faithful to bring you back, let you pick it back up again. Or to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. I, I love this verse. He said, if we believe not, yet he abides faithful. He can't deny himself. God can't be anything else but faithful. It's his DNA. It's who he is. In fact, Jesus, in, in Revelation 19, he's, he's on, this, on this horse. What does the Bible say? He's got written across. Faithful and true. We're going to see that one day. Oh, there's faithful and true. Isn't this something? That's part of his name. Because it's part of who he is. He can't deny himself. Even though, even though we, we mess up, he remains faithful. He remains faithful. Glory to God. Sarah could have gotten bitter after all these years. She couldn't have children. They tried you know, to do it through you know, Hagar and all the, you know, they, they had their own plans for a while. And, and she, but, but the Bible says she received. Because God didn't give up on her. God hadn't given up on you. Even if you've been unfaithful, even if you've denied him, even if you said you've judged him unreliable, just repent, humble yourself, humble yourself. Because we all miss it. We all, we're not the smart ones in the room. God is. But we can say if God did it for them, he'll do it for me. He's no respecter of persons. Don't accept the devil's lies. Stay on God's side. Stay on God's side because that's the reality. That's the truth. That's the truth. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. First Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation. You can also say test or trial. That word means that as well. No, no test has taken you, but it's common to man. But God is what? Faithful. He'll not allow you to be tested above what you're able. But will with the test or trial or temptation make a way of escape? What does that mean? I'm going to put that in our, in our you know, day-to-day -day language. There's nothing that can show up on, on your doorstep that you can't whip. That's what that means. There's nothing the devil can throw at you that you can't defeat. That you can't, that means able to bear it, means come through, come over. Glory to God. You can overcome it. Why? God is faithful. God is faithful. Because he's faithful. Thank God he's faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's good news to this morning. Good news for mamas this morning and daddies. Good news for everybody. You know, I thank God. I, my, my mom, I think about my mom. She was, she, you know, we had a, a sing, I had a single mom, you know, situation. My mom and me, and, and there were some, at times, some great challenges to our family. You know, we were pretty much on welfare there for a while. I mean, just as she, she when she did, she lost her job at one point. We were, I mean, we didn't know. I mean, I remember her and I both. We joined hands together in the kitchen, one, one you know, several times. Said, "We're going to trust God right now. He's going to bring us through." I mean, we. I had you know, my my mom. She stood. You know, we had to stand 
at times for, to see the hand of God come through. And all of a sudden, you know, then God would make a way. Somebody would bring some food by. Or, or, or we, you know, and then, then my mom, you know, sometimes just a, somebody would call and bring a job offer. All these things. God made a way. There was never anything that came to our doorstep that we couldn't whip because I had a mom. Who counted God faithful. And that, that spirit got in me. Thank God. See, a mom can make a difference. Just a mom by herself. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for single moms. I mean, count it blessed if you have a, you know, a home where you have your full complement. Dad and mom that are serving God. And that's something my wife and I, because we both came from similar situations. We both, that's one thing we determined when we got married. Divorce is not an option. Maybe murder, but not divorce. <laughs> I didn't throw them. I didn't throw that murder part in. I'm just. <laughs> no, but we, we, we had just resolved in us. I don't care what we go through. I don't care how rough it may get. Our kids are going to have something different than what we had. So that's, that's for some of you young, young parents today. Make that determination no matter what. Hallelujah. And, and if you, even if you need it, have, if you desire a family, God, we, I mean, we prayed with this, this was 20 something years ago, 20 years ago or so. We, uh, almost or whatever. We had a couple in here that came up to us, tears, and, and you know, uh, I, maybe I called it out in the service. I can't remember. I prayed with, uh, but we prayed with them. They wanted children, right? and and within a within a year, they gotten word. Um, you know, God moved for them. God wants families, and if you have a desire for that, we'll pray for you too. There's an anointing. We don't have a belief for that with you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. But even if you haven't counted God faithful, you can begin to count him faithful and see God move and work in your life, in your family. I mean, moms, you can surround your kids. Dads, as well. I mean, I, we surround our kids with Psalm 91 every day of their life. Just just claim, pled the blood of Jesus. So I drop them off from school. We just plead the blood. Thank God for the angels of God because God's faithful. You don't have to live a life of fear. I don't care how ugly the world gets. I don't care how dangerous. The Bible says we're going to live in dangerous times in the last days. But the church doesn't have to live in fear. and You don't have to live in fear of having children in this, in this world right now. Children are God's idea. Family is God's idea. Being fruitful and multiply. He hadn't taken that off the, off the table in 2022. God still wants kids, especially Christian kids. Hallelujah. I know we live in an age and a spirit right now, even in this country, this abortion spirit, this murdering spirit. People celebrating it. It's evil. I remember my firstborn, Julia, when she was premature. She was, you know, almost two months premature. And people are slicing up babies right before they come out of the womb in some states. We need to pray that never happens here in this state. I'm, I'm just... I didn't mean to get off on this, but I can remember, I just was reminded of that. My daughter was four, a little over four pounds and I could sit her pretty much. I remember putting her in the palm of my hand. Her body barely went just a little bit past my hand, her feet. I think of that precious life. I think of what she's meant to us. How precious children are. And I'm glad God forgives people if they'll look to him, even if they have had that happen in their life. But we, praise God. God is faithful. And 
people that think they've been deceived and told they can't bring a child into this earth for whatever reason, that that child was going to be a bother, going to be this. And I, and I mean, listen, I'm not faulting the women and I'm faulting the men as much as I am the women in these situations, that there would be this callousness about life and how valuable and precious that life is to God and how this is God's idea that man be fruitful and multiply. That's because God loves kids. And if he told you to bring them into the earth, he'll provide for you. If you just trust him, just trust him and he'll bring great blessing and joy into your life. I don't know why I said that, but I did anyway. Praise God. So keep planting the seed of God's word concerning his faithfulness for your life. If you've you've been challenged in that, if you've gotten weak in that, if you've wavered in this area and wavered in your faith, this is one pillar you need to get established in. It can help you. It will undergird your life. It will undergird your faith walk and your faith life with God because real faith is based on the unfailing, unfailing character of the word of God. The unfailing faithfulness of the word of God. So we got to keep our minds renewed. Amen. God has never done you wrong. Listen to some of the things you may even cry about today. You'll laugh about in the future. Things you may not have understood, but you can go, wow, I didn't see it, but God, see, God will show you things about you, not always about somebody else. He'll reveal some things to you if you ask him with humility. Not this, why, God, but, Lord, can you show me why? God will show you some things. That's happened in my life over a course of time. You've got some things you, you realize, oh, that's why that happened. For your life. You're not always for somebody, you know, not for somebody else. But Philippians chapter, look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 15 real quick. Let me just mention here quickly. <laughs> These are two keys when I don't understand. When I don't understand, I want to give you two keys. Well, let me just read that first. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Now remember the verses before he said, we need to press toward the mark of the prize. Forgetting things behind, pressing forward to things before. Then he says in this verse 15, if we're mature, let us be this, this thinking this way. If in anything you are otherwise minded, Notice, if you're not thinking correctly in some area, God will reveal even this unto you. So if you ask God with humility, God will show you some areas where you're missing it in your thinking. He said he would guide us, he gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth, didn't he? So yes, for yourself, maybe you don't understand something. So Lord, show me that if it pertains to things I need to see about you and the future and what I need to know. Let me close here with... uh, Two things, two keys when I don't understand how I need to proceed. Two keys and how, two keys and how to proceed when I don't fully understand something. And we've kind of referred to this a little bit. Number one, don't entertain the whys. I'm just kind of summing up some things here. Don't entertain the whys. The troubling thoughts. Don't entertain those. Keep them out of your mind. Cast down those imaginations. Remember to, remember to stand on what you do know from the word. Stand on what you know and then let God reveal. Trust him to reveal things you don't know possibly. But stick with what you know about God. And that's why you need to stay with the word. Stay with strong teaching. This word-based. Don't let somebody get you into speculation and somebody's experience what they think about God, stick with the word. Stick with the word. Amen. And secondly, be good. And we've, we've said this. Be good at staying on God's side. No matter what comes, no matter how you feel, no matter what somebody else says about God or their experiences with God, Don't get mad at God because he's never unfaithful. If you start feeling yourself, get mad at God. Listen, I understand that. Especially with sometimes when you you have a loss in your life. 
that sometimes that's, there's emotions that come up in you and don't, that doesn't mean you sin because of that emotion. But don't let it stay around. Don't dwell on it. Recognize that that's not, no, you're going you're gonna to set your affections on, on the word of God on him properly and see him correctly. James 1, of course, verse, verse 13. James 1, 13, let no man say when he's tempted, tested, or tried that I'm tempted, tested, or tried from God because God can't test any man with evil. God's not bringing any evil, any destruction, amen, into your life. He's not the author of it. He's only the author of good. Now, verse 20 says, uh, notice this verse is still in that same context. The wrath of man doesn't work the righteousness of God. So in other words, getting mad at God doesn't work the righteousness of God into your life. <laughs> Praise God. In fact, if you, don't, if you get mad and angry at God, that just means you don't know him properly. And they'll, but it'll take you into a dark place. You know, Job, we're not going to do a study on him right now. I'm about to close here. But Job, he, got, he had the, those three so-called comforters. For 38 chapters, he kept hearing about their opinions of what God was really like. And it affected him to a degree. In fact, he got to a point he was even saying some things not right about God. And God finally came in and brought this other individual, this young man in life, and, and brought some truth back into Job's circumstance. He basically said what all those other guys said is baloney. <laughs> and Job, had, he finally got the light. He finally was able to see. Because you, you do realize Job didn't have John 10.10. 10. Some people blame Job and how he would say some things. But no, he didn't have revelation about Satan is a thief. He thought God was doing everything to him. But, he had, but God had to get some things right at the end. You know, if we do a study on Joseph, we, we can bring that out. But he, you know, God had to get him set right. So we can't be moved by, you know, moved by stay on God's side. God basically had to let Job know, you need to stay on my side. Those guys are wrong. Other people can be wrong, but stay on God's side. Glory to God. So we've got to keep our heart right. Keep meditating the word of God. Keep meditating the truth. And judge God faithful. Judge him trustworthy. It's going to put your faith on a different level when you do that. And it'll strengthen you to be able to overcome so that you won't quit. And, and that's another, just don't quit. Don't doubt God. Don't quit in your circumstance. If he says something, stay with it. I love this. We'll finish with this last verse. I love this Solomon's part of his prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. Praise God. Blessed be the Lord that has given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. I love that right there. There has not failed one word of all his good promise. God always comes through. That's why if we'll just believe, if, we'll, if we practice Mark eleven twenty three, Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you shall have them. You got God's word on it. You find a promise and you believe you have it. You can go to bed resting. You can go, go to bed smiling because you know God's not going to fail that word. As long as I do my part, Sarah received because she judged God faithful. She got in faith by judging him faithful. So she received his strength and power for her need. Amen. God will always do his part. Aren't you glad he's faithful? See, this is a pillar. It's a pillar for our faith life. You know, I told you, the Lord told me, to de dealt with me, to deal, I, I believe that, to um, spend a lot of time teaching on faith this year. God wants our church real strong in faith. 
for whatever's ahead. I don't know, just whatever, just to get you planted in some things and established. And so these are the type things we've got to talk about and keep reminding ourselves of. I've taught on this faithfulness before, but the Lord reminded me again, talk about my faithfulness, how important it is, how important it is to receive things from God, to, to make sure we're not moved by what the world is being moved by. That we're not in fear when the world is in fear. And even other Christians will be in fear and, and, and dealing with things that we don't have to be wavering about. Because we know God's faithful. You know, just the fact that the nation of Israel exists right now, that there are Jews over on that piece of property over there. You realize that's because God's faithful. Because God honored his word to Abraham. Amen. It's part of covenant. I mean, this, in fact, the seven-year tribulation that's going to occur right after we leave here and, and go have a marriage supper. Amen. That's, that's going to be the seven years of God finishing out some things for Israel. Because God still has a covenant with Israel. Amen. It's going to be fulfilled. We'll get to watch it. Glory to God. I mean, my wife and I went over to Israel a few years ago. Everything there, all the people there. We, all, all I could think of, man, God's faithful. He was faithful to Abraham, faithful to Isaac, faithful to Moses, faithful to Joseph, faithful to all. When it looked like there wasn't going to be an Israel anymore. Then you have even in our in recent history, the last hundred years or so, men, you know, evil men and, and, and dictators and all tried to wipe out Jews all over the world. But what does God do? He gets a bunch of them to go right back over there. <laughs> right after an evil man in World War II tried to wipe them all out. What does God do? Sets them right back up over there in 1947. <laughs> like you can try to stop God's word from coming to pass. You can't stop God's word from coming to pass. And, it won't, and the, you, the devil can't stop it from coming to pass in your life and mine. If we'll just simply trust him. To simply be like Sarah. I judge him. I count him faithful to me. If he said it, he'll do it, and I'm not changing. See, that's what we have to do. Don't, don't, don't change. Don't quit on the word. Keep your attention on the word. Abraham considered not his body. He considered the word. You keep considering the promise. You're believing for your healing. Keep considering the promise. You're believing for your children. Keep considering the word of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, Father, you've been so faithful to me. So faithful. So faithful. You've brought, brought me, you've brought people here through situations, through things that we can, that we can stop and just give you thanks and praise for, for weeks and weeks. And it wouldn't even begin to touch how thankful we are and how grateful we are for how faithful you've been to us. Even when we've been unfaithful, you're still faithful. We thank you for restoring us. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the ability to be able to lift our heads up again and say, Father, Thank you for cleansing me by the blood of Jesus and restoring me back into a place where I can recognize you're faithful again. You're faithful and true, faithful and true. Thank you for it. Father, I thank you for the healings. Thank you for meeting needs. Thank you for when you brought us out of trouble and difficulty, even difficulty we caused. You are faithful. You are faithful to bring us through, to make a way of escape, to make a way over and through it, to overcome. Thank you for it. Cause you're good and your mercy endures forever. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, everybody stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands. Thank God for his faithfulness again in our lives. Some of you may have a need in your life. You may have a financial need or another need. Let's just start thanking him right now that he's faithful to meet that need. Thank him that he's more than enough. He's faithful to bring you through, to put you over. There's no test big enough that you can't whip and overcome right now in Jesus' name. Father, we praise you. We thank you for meeting every need. We thank you for for your healing power being administered to bodies. Father, we thank you for miracles that people desire in their lives, in their families. We thank you that you're bringing them to pass because you're faithful. We trust you. We trust you. We count you as faithful to perform your word, to perform your promise in our lives. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God.